0: Porte cazuna con un stemma rete, una cupulella che vi si era aizzata,
1: passa scampaniana per tu
2: con mano a papà fa guarda, Tu o fa l'americano. All right, we're back at it. We got a, a fantastic guest today. I'm so excited to have him on. So this is what I love about creating or doing a podcast and having your own platform. You can reach out to people that you watch on YouTube or that you, um, you know, look up to and give them value, and then you can get some value back. That's why we have Raphael here today. Raphael, I can I can't quite pronounce it, but he's in the Don't worry about it, man. <laughs> He's an Italian YouTuber and I've been watching him for about the past year before I was going to move to Bologna to kind of get a feel of what I was getting into. And then I've kept watching him because he did a great job about the coronavirus. And then he also has some wonderful things on, you know, being an expat, moving to a different country, you know, how to get your foot down and, and what all needs to be done. So, my man, how are you doing? It's good to see you
1: well that was quite an intro thank you man i'm honored Um, yeah i'm doing well Uh, thanks for having me on you contacted me the the other day and i was like i actually i have to say i didn't hear of your podcast before but i checked it out i was like dude okay this guy seems chill let's make this happen because i end up actually usually um, turning down offers for like interviews and podcasts and stuff because i just don't have the time but i was like okay i like this vibe let's roll with this
0: (laughs)
2: I appreciate it. I'm glad you could feel, feel the energy now. Let's kind of get into what you all do. You're, you're from the West Coast. You said, screw it. I'm going to go live in Italy. I mean, you created a channel. Can you get into like this, this expat spirit and why you decided to make this, you know, big jump?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, for me, like, growing up, my Italian heritage was always very important because I'm Italian-American, also I'm Brazilian, Um, um, but for me, like, my grandfather was a huge influence on my life, and that's, like, my Italian connection. He would sit me down on his lap, tell me about, like, things in Italy, tell me about when he was um, growing up, what things were like, and about how, where his family was from, how, like, I mean i've talked about this on my youtube channel but like how bad the water was like the, like you couldn't actually drink the water um where they were from that it, it got to the point where even children had to drink wine because that was the only thing that was available for them um and then, like just all these kinds of stories about him growing up um and then his life uh, growing up um uh, as an Italian-American living in East Boston. And um, my, that part of my family made their way out to the West Coast. Um, and I lived the majority of the time that I was living in the, in the United States over there. Um, and then when I was just before I turned 18, uh, it was kind of like, all right, let's, let's get on this new adventure Um, I moved abroad I didn't come directly to Italy first I went all around to a couple different places but the thing was Italy was always the main goal Italy was like this place that I had always had in the back of my mind since I was a kid and like I was starting to say before um, uh, actually like when I was about 12 I had first found out about this whole Italian citizenship that it was even possible for me to get it Uh, I told my mother it wasn't it didn't take much convincing to get her on board and then uh, basically, as time rolled on, the plan was that I was going to go to high school, uh, probably here in Italy, but the citizenship process just ended up having another roadblock, another roadblock, another roadblock. And so this whole time, like while I'm waiting for my citizenship, like life is going by, I didn't finish it until I guess I was 25, 26. I don't remember exactly off the top of my head. It must have been like 26-ish. and um. Then as soon as I got that call from the Italian consul, I was like, okay, let's do this. Let's make this happen. Let's get to Italy. It's about time because that was something that I was always so passionate about, my my ancestry, my my background, to make sure that I could explore that because that was the number one goal to be able to explore this land that I had been given this love for that had been instilled to me since such a young age that i had always been passionate about. Um, I mean, even I had visited Italy a number of times and that only re-solidified that feeling for me. Um, and so that day that I got the call, are you pointing to me?
2: Keep going, keep going don't worry. I can't going. hear
1: you. Uh, okay. Um, so the, what was I? Let me think.
0: The day you got the call. Uh, so the
1: day, yeah, so, so the day that I got the call, it was just, that that completely was life-changing. and It happened to come at the perfect point in time for me because I had been previously working a job in television and production uh, and I was really getting burnt out. I had left the production company that I was working for. Uh, I had already been doing some freelance stuff, but then I had built my own business and that was going really well. And that was like things like it was probably the best that they've ever gone like for me um profession wise and it was a dream to be able to get to that point but this dream of getting to italy was so much stronger so much greater that i was just like okay gotta make this happen i don't care what happens i have to know what it's like and that's the abridged version
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) i felt like you were going on your, your monologues you do in the youtube video i can't believe you can do those for so long i mean it's it's impressive you're like a like a, a news person and you keep moving, but I love this. And it feels like a lot of Americans have that about we're so interested in our ancestry because you know, Americans yeah. not have much history. So we say, Hey, I am No, Irish, like everybody's American.
1: from everywhere else.
2: Exactly. So, so, but I, I know that feeling when I went to Oslo, Norway, like you can just mm. feel something in the air or in Germany where I have ancestry. But mm. um, so 18 though, you said you finally got to, to go overseas. This is a study abroad program.
1: Uh, no, it was just kind of like, let's jump, see what happens. It just kind of, um, it was at a time where I was just finishing with high school time. Uh, and I wasn't ready quite to head off to university. And so I thought, okay, let's, let's take a little time, figure things out. Uh, at that point, I didn't even realize that there was a word for it and gap year. Uh, and so that was kind of what it turned into. And that gap year ended up turning into about maybe two years or so. And then I ended up studying for a little while in a field completely unrelated to um, the, the, the the field that I ended up going into. But uh, I ended up actually, the way that I got into the field was because of what I was studying. And at the school, there was this guy that kept walking around and asking about like, hey, can somebody film this one class? Can somebody film this one class? There's a company in New York that needs it filmed, and blah blah blah. Uh, and I was like, okay, I've got a camera, I can do that. Why not? And so that job let me buy like my first kind of semi-serious camera, and that's kind of where I got started with that. That's but... a good
2: point, though. I'm, I've been trying to get my sister to do it. I'm telling younger people. Don't go to college unless you know, like, Hey, I want to be a freaking doctor. I want to do this. Like take that gap year, you know, get, get some life experience, maybe go travel, but you know, yeah. do something where you grow up and you kind of learn what you like and what you don't like that, that uh, gap. Oh, year I would-
1: definitely agree. I mean, okay. So here's the thing. I agree with you mostly. I do think that for some people going to university is necessary because they just can't learn another way. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's just a style of learning and a in a way of getting something out of life. But for a lot of people, it's really worthwhile to to learn about yourself, to learn about life, to get some experience out there in the world, to figure out what it is that you actually are wanting. Because you really, when you're 17, 18, when a lot of kids head off, or 19, when a lot of kids head off to college, university, it's just you don't know enough about what you want and what you want out of life and that's why so many kids in my opinion end up switching between different majors minors and end up not having any clue what's going on until after they're already finished school with like piles of debt
2: and and that's the big problem because you're going into this thing blind and you just get the the teeth just get get into you if you take out loans right away Oh shit, I got to keep going. I can't, I, now I can't take a break. I might not get another, you know, federal aid or all these different things. So,
1: no, I mean, exactly. It,
2: it is, it is wicked what we do to people that are like 18, 17 years old going into something and just, you know, basically enslaving them. And it, it is kind of interesting in America. I, I know you see probably differently from, you know, the Italian perspective and or the Europe, how they kind of do college.
1: Mm. I mean, so like, if you're talking about how school here is like a lot less expensive. Okay, fine. Granted, there are schools here that can cost as much as as schools in North America, maybe not as much, but like, you're not going to spend 50 grand a year, a hundred grand a year on a school. Um, I mean, here in Italy, maybe schooling will be a lot cheaper. There's one school I can think of that's considered to be expensive um, by a lot of people. And that's, I think like five grand a year. Um. And there's other schools that you can go to like for a few hundred per year
2: bologna where i was at was you know the, like the oldest running university it was 2000 uh, a semester 2000 euros
1: that i mean, like honestly like that's that's i would say pretty fair for for an education i mean there are some schools okay there's something that's associated with it like there because it is that school that is the best for whatever field that you're trying to be in but With so many fields these days, especially in the creative fields, you can get started without needing to go to university or even in IT. I know a lot of people that do better financially because they got started earlier, because they started learning when they were in high school. And that was just something that they were passionate about. And I think that's also something that's really important is to figure out what it is that really makes your heart sing, that really makes you uh wanna wake up and actually do the work that you're supposed to rather than just get on that nine to five grind and and kill yourself emotionally or even physically. It, it, okay, fine. There are some times where that's necessary, like because you're in a certain situation, you just have to take a job because that's the only one available to you. I mean, this is the world we live in. But there's an old saying like do what you love, the money will follow. Not necessarily that it's always true, but like you have to the more that you can smile throughout your day, the more that you'll end up being grateful for that as time goes on.
0: 100%.
2: And before we started this recording, um, I was telling you Jake's story about he, he quit yeah, yeah. his job during the coronavirus and started delivering to save up money so he can, he can move to Mexico with me in about a week. Um, I know you guys share similarities there. You were kind of getting burnt out of something you were doing.
1: Oh, definitely. And I have to say, like, Jake, I, I like I have so much respect for what it is that you're doing, because that's I mean, especially during Corona time to leave a job during that time when things are so uncertain. Like that is a huge step. So really mad respect to you. Thank you. Um, I yeah, man. I, so that's the thing. OK, so when I before I came to Italy, I was working in a field that I absolutely loved, but I was working for a production company that. I just was getting burnt out. They were throwing more and more and more on my plate. And things were just getting a little bit out of hand. And I had already been starting to work freelance and building up my own business on the side. And so I just one day, there was something that happened, and I was like, okay, that's it. I'm finished. I don't want to deal with this anymore. I've had enough of a headache. I was, I think, maybe 22, 23, and I was already getting white hair from all of the stress to do with the job. So I was like, okay, I, I, I'm just, I'm done. I'm going to take a chance and see what I can make happen. And yeah, that's, that's when I started my, well, not when I started, but when I really got into my old production business that I had before moving to Italy. And that for me was definitely the right choice at the right time. I'm not saying that's the right choice for everybody because not everybody will get lucky on their first, second, third, or fourth try. I mean, because that wasn't even my first try to make it happen. Um, But if that's what you have inside of you, you need to at least give it a chance. It's better to know than not to know. And especially like single guy, young 20s, I could take a little bit of a gamble.
2: It's the best time to to take a risk. How did you know? How did you feel that? you know, you were somewhat ready to give this a chance. Did you have some money saved up? Did you have some clients ready to roll? Or were you just like, you know what, whatever happens, happens.
1: Um, so no, I really, maybe a little bit, but like if we're talking about any money saved, it was maybe like a couple hundred bucks, the equivalent of, um, it was really that I had just gotten to the point of being so fed up that I literally couldn't take it anymore. Just the stress was getting to me in, in it was really having a horrible effect. I had a little bit of a business already at that point, and really, what it came down to was luck and just being blessed to have the right opportunities come at the right time because if it hadn 't have been for those things definitely would not have worked out for me
2: Fortune favors the bold. now Temo was this <laughs> when you when you were in Italy, or what, what was going no, on? no this was
1: before this was before I moved to Italy this was before. Uh, Because like I was mentioning, um, my citizenship process was like, it took way longer than it ever should have. And this was kind of my twiddling my thumbs waiting for things to happen, kind of traveling a little bit working, making things happen, and trying to figure out how I could get to Italy, how to make that happen, because it had already been, like, more than half of my life that I'd been waiting for this to happen. And Mm so that was the thing like even though i had built up that business for myself by the time that i got that call from the consulate i was just like okay it's either i live out this dream that i've had ever since i was like a little little kid or go on and build up this business that i needed and also because at the time i mean even visa wise it was like with the type of visa that i had in that country i probably would have had to become like a citizen and like really commit to being there and like actually um, investing more in my business. So instead of investing that money in my business and myself in that way, I took the chance with what little money that I had set aside at that point and just jumped on a plane and said, this is kind of a once in a lifetime opportunity. If I don't do it now, I don't know when the heck I'm going to be able to do it.
2: That that's that's ballsy. Now I like that. I like
0: it a lot. So were you like uh Hey yeah, so you're going there with like a hundred bucks in your pocket, uh, mm. not really sure, just like quit your job, all that. What what is the first thing you do when you get there? How do you make yourself comfortable there and how do you then eventually, you know, start making money?
1: So I'd say definitely I didn't have a hundred bucks in my pocket, but it, it felt like it at times. Um, the first thing was really to figure out. I, I, I'm i the type of person that I do a lot of research before I make any major decisions, uh, even some minor decisions, like if I'm going to buy something like figure out I'll, I'll watch a ton of reviews. I'll get all the specifications if it's like a camera battery and I'll, I'll get really nerdy about it. Um, But thankfully, with Italy, I already had some foreknowledge about roughly where I wanted to be. And I knew people that had um, talked about this one specific part of Italy where I had lived before where I live now um, in Alto Adige in 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 a city called Bolzano. It used to be part of Austria. And financially, that part of the country does pretty well. I had heard about a lot of businesses and a lot of startups and a lot of these kinds of things, which for me with the business that I had been doing businesses, especially startups and small nonprofits, that that was my main clientele. So I figured, okay, maybe it's worth to try and see if I can make it work there. Um, ended up being a nightmare and not being able to work out. And what I had also done in my planning was that I had gotten a TEFL certificate as a backup just in case. And teaching English was definitely not something that I was really looking to get into, but I thought, okay, if I have to do it, I'll make it work. Thankfully I did have that to rely on and because I wasn't finding any jobs or even couldn't make jobs. Cause that was one thing also growing up that I was always kind of taught, like if there's not a job for you, you make a job. Um, but because that wasn't a possibility at that point, I jumped into teaching English and got into that for a little while. Ended up getting a little bit burnt out on that. Uh, not making enough. Not Hold on
2: one second. I, I like this that you had the backup plan just in case with the teaching English. But why hmm. wasn't there any jobs? And and when this when you were getting denied nonstop, I mean that didn't deter you to say, "Oh, I'm going to go home to mommy and daddy," or you know, the Italian way of life was just like I had to be here and make it work.
1: No, actually, okay. So I'll tell you, this is actually. One point that, because I've been abroad for say over 11 years now, one thing that I've noticed with people is that you, if you give yourself the option to fail, then that's what's going to happen. You have to just fully commit, fully jump into it. If you don't absolutely give yourself, if you give yourself absolutely no other options, but moving forward, then that's the only direction you can move, even if it's slow, even if it's difficult, even if there is a struggle. I mean, even now, I would say things aren't quite the best that I've ever had it, but I've made that exception. I I, I, I made choices in my life that I knew would lead to where I am now, and I'm happier now, even though I'm not as stable. But um, getting back to that idea of it was funny funny though
2: another uh, youtuber that i watched that talks about um uh, italy have you heard that kylie farewell kylie farewell oh flavelle yeah 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 she talks about the same thing she's like yeah i'm not quite as stable here but you know i wouldn't give it up it's just the 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 game and being in italy and making ends meet it's so fulfilling
1: no I, i i haven't watched her videos actually in a while i should i should get on that and um But no, definitely, that's the thing. You have to be willing to accept that. And that's kind of getting back to what I was saying, that if you give yourself that option to fail and to go back, not even to fail, but to if it doesn't work out for you in that country, that if you're going to go, if you're going to give yourself that option to go back home, the amount of people that I've seen in my time abroad that end up like, say, going back to America, Brazil, Canada, whatever the country may be, and try to make a a life abroad for themselves again, end up not necessarily being able to really make it. They end up always going back and falling back on that plan because when it starts getting a little tough, you wanna seek that thing that's comfortable for you. But it's important to figure out how to be comfortable with being a little uncomfortable in a new setting that's different for you. Okay, there's, there's times where maybe that's not even an option for a person and they actually have to return to their country. But the people that I've seen that have stayed abroad and not given themselves the option to go back are the one, are the people who've done relatively better. Not that they've done amazingly, but they've done they've had a more successful life as an expat, so to speak.
2: Where is this expat mentality do you think comes from? You personally? but overall the people you've met seen come and go, like, why should I sit and suffer in this foreign part of the world instead of go home and be comfortable? What is it that makes an expat brain tick?
1: You know, I think there's a lot of reasons for it. And everybody has like really different different drives behind their, their move abroad. For some people, it's just because they got a job that's abroad someplace for some people they're in the army. Some, some people it's political. Although I will say that most of the people who I've been in contact with or that I've known who have had political motivations for moving abroad, either move back to their country very quickly or never move abroad to begin with. But for me personally, it was just always something that I kind of had inside of me. I knew that moving abroad, like I was saying, ever since I was a kid was just the next, like natural progression in my life it was never a question about if it was just about when uh, and how (laughs) that's that's always the really big uh, question that anybody has is the how Um, and for me also it was very much that drive to be able to explore my roots and to be able to um, get in, in touch with that a bit more because I had been fortunate enough to see a decent amount of the U.S. before I left as a, um, when I was a teenager. And that I was ready for the next adventure. I was ready for the next thing going on and to see more of the world. Because you can, America, the, or the United States, I should say, is, is such a huge country. But there's always a similar thread tying it together. Uh, even though you do have regional differences. But once you start going abroad, you see that the world is, that there's so much more out there culturally, linguistically. And I mean, even, and I'm sure you saw when you're out in Europe, how you go just a few kilometers, a few miles from one place to another, are not only speaking a different dialect, but a different language. It's a different people. It's a different way of life. It's a different way of thinking. And so that was one thing for me that I just wanted to kind of see more, experience more.
2: Yeah. I'm just fascinated with this whole expat mind. Are we the the modern day explorers? Like do we get off on the adventure and the unknown? And, and for me, what I think it is, is I, I feel way more alive when I'm on the road mm. when I'm living with different people and different scenarios with that no pattern recognition. And, and I just feel <laughs> the creativity and, and just the, the drive to get moving. Now I think I could possibly do that back home in America. Mm but it, yeah. you get your comfort zone in weird ways. I got to go take a ballerina class or do some shit, but in Italy or another place, like I'm just thrown into it and I love right. like, the chaos and thriving in it.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like when you're abroad, like you're just constantly outside of your comfort zone, being in your country where you grew up, where you know the culture, where you know the way of life, where you know everything, it's very familiar and you can kind of go on autopilot a bit more. Granted, of course you can got, get on, get into that if you spend enough time anywhere, um, but I think you raised a very good point about that it is this kind of n- nouveau exploration, um, especially I think for Americans. With so many of us who are family, or ha- with so many of us who've had our family come in the past few generations, for us, and our, it's not that far of a stretch to think, oh, well, my grandfather did it, my great grandfather did it. Why can't I? Or even like my case, my father did it. Why can't I? And so that was just kind of for me also one of the things that was just, well, my family, like one of my ancestors who came to America arrived literally with nothing, not even a few coins in his pocket. Somebody happened to give him an apple. With that apple, he sold it. He bought two apples. With those two apples, he bought four apples. With those four apples, it ended up going to the point where he ended up owning like a few blocks of real estate in a major city where he lived. Um, He ended up losing all of that in the the crash in the early uh, 1900s. But that's the type of thing that got me inspired that, okay, we live in a world where we're much more connected. It's much more easy to figure out how to make a living now than it was back then. There's so many more new ways of, of making that happen that they just didn't have that possibility of back then. So we're playing it on easy mode in comparison with them.
2: I love but, the point yeah. you made. I love the point mm-hmm. you made about the American spirit. I think it is in a lot of Americans because literally just down the line, we came over on little boats with absolutely nothing to look for our... Yeah. And We were all outcasts mostly from, from Europe, right? And we have that kind of in our blood to, mm-hmm. to go out and, and do something. I think that's one of the reasons a lot of Americans now are very anxious, depressed. You see the statistics. I think a lot of people aren't as fulfilled. I think something is missing. Our basic needs are kind of taken care of and and we're fiending for something more. And I think this is where it comes back to maybe going to see our homeland or starting a business, starting a YouTube channel. Like we're, we're trying to... Find fulfillment somewhere.
1: I mean, I think, I think that's probably a multi-layered issue that we're not as physically active, we're not as socially well. Okay, socially active, but not in the same kind of way that maybe we like humans are. Hardwired to be socially wired. Yeah, now uh, like
2: a piazza where we get to see people every day in Italy. Instead, it's our freaking cell phone because we're all living right. in cars away from each other. So it's all over, you know, Zoom and and uh, Twitter. No, and that's
1: the and uh, this is also the other thing that like our ancestors who came to America, they most of them never had the option to go back to their families, and many of them never heard from, never saw their families ever again. There were some people who did go back and forth and ended up. Um, just their plan, like wasn't to stay in the United States and was to go back to their country to work there, go back, work there, go back. Um, but then ended up just staying in the country because it wasn't financially viable to stay in their home planned and, and, um, had to make a life for themselves abroad. But now if things get really, really sketchy and you need to go see your parents, hop on a plane and you're back in in on the other side of the world in like what 12 hours 14 16 hours if you depending on where you are so like i was kind of saying before we kind of have it easy in comparison to how things used to be taking weeks or more to get from one side of the world to the other
2: oh and that's the crazy part too because they talk about like the men of today versus the men in the past. How, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how we're bitching about the littlest things and those dudes were getting off the boats and g- hitting on the beach at 18 years old, getting shot. Yeah,
1: and, no, they had it rough.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it, I'm it,
1: definitely it, grateful that I wasn't born in that generation uh, and to have been kind of able to grow up in this point in time, other than the whole
2: 2020 thing, but other than the whole 20 thing, I'm all right with this period in time. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what though, after, what was it, May 18th, 2020 was pretty damn good in italy because everything for the most part was opened up and there was no tourists i mean maybe i was yeah. a bad boy and i was traveling i was i was maybe not supposed to but i mean airbnb was so that's
1: that's when it was like starting that was like kind of the beginning of the what was it the second phase
2: or something like that i can't remember which phase it was they but i know i was excited yeah sorry they opened up the region and then like june yeah. or something like that it was free reign And i was on a a train for three months straight i was i was in love because there's
1: oh no definitely i like because my uh, my birthday is at the end of may and i was so excited that we could finally go someplace else and to like so my first thing i think it was still regionally locked like you were saying so I happen to live in the same region as Venice. I was like, okay, dude, I know where I'm going. <laughs> if there's a place I'm going to go,
2: Venice is the place. <laughs> I was in Florence, dead. There was nobody there. It was a total movie. I went to oh, early June and it was like... Yeah. It was you never see. It's like when the 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 sacked no, Rome and no one was in Rome type deal. It was amazing. No, it
1: and and I had that same experience in 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 um, in Venice. I uploaded a video about this. And my big problem with Venice is that sometimes it feels like an outdoor mall. It's so overrun with tourists sometimes, and just shops and everything. But that was the first time I was walking around there, and I heard not only more Italian spoken, but local dialect, which I had almost never heard before in Venice and just of all places like I was thinking wait oh actually people from here do happen to live here what a crazy thought what a crazy idea it was it was really a it was in some ways a chilling experience to see things so quiet but at the same time a very wonderful opportunity to be able to get to see these places without all those tourists and to get to actually see it for what it is like you were saying you are in Florence you're in Rome like actually getting to see those cities in a way that most people never have and never will, or at least we hope that they never will get to see it like that again.
2: Yeah. And obviously, so the whole fortune favors the bold thing. I mean, at that point, everyone's, you know, stay in your room and hide and cry. And like, I get it. You don't want to spread it or be asymptomatic yeah. and you know, kill old people and all that. But you know what, that, that, that was the rewards of going out there and saying, you know what, if I get deported or if I catch a crow, <laughs> worth it to me. I want to see it all. And I got to see, you know, I was in the I was everywhere in the South, Sicily, and there was mm-hmm. nobody. And it was like, this is, this is a movie, you know? And that's the whole idea with yeah. this comfort zone thing. And I want to tie it back into, you know, what you do with this YouTube channel. Because I love it. I've been watching. I probably watched hours and hours of your content. The well, Million Dollar you. Voice. Um <laughs> But it it never starts off like that. And it's not easy to do this content stuff. You know what I mean?
1: Definitely not
2: over here or you suck at the beginning. And, and I'm wondering kind of your whole, is this similar to your expat thing about, Hey, I want to make the jump. I know I need to be over here. And now I, you know, I want to make a YouTube channel. I want to put my voice out there. Or where does that drive come from?
1: Um, So actually that the whole drive behind my YouTube channel was that I had gone through so much BS in my own life. And I had gone through so many sleepless nights and so much stress that I wanted to put out content out there so that people could have access to that. Um, The content that I had been looking for, looking for advice, looking for information, looking for the up and like, what's up and what's down, like what are those ABCs and one, two, threes of living life abroad. And there was some stuff out there at the time, um, but not necessarily so much from Italy and not necessarily from another guy's perspective. So that was for me something that because you also a lot of videos especially about Italy, it's all about the the dolce vita and the the wonderful beautiful things. I mean even like I don't know if you can see behind me I have a poster pizza pasta amore. That's kind of like my version of it uh, and it's partially a joke, but it's also partially like this this real thing that there's sometimes this over focus over like this hyper focus on only the beautiful things and when living abroad you definitely need to be aware of the good things but also the things that aren't always so nice and what can come up because if you're not prepared for those situations then it just makes everything that much more difficult it makes it like So many people even say to me that they feel like it's not worth it because they didn't know if they had known about X, Y, or Z, they would have never even considered a move abroad. And so my goal is to try and give a realistic view. I mean, also, I mean, there's a lot of wonderful things in Italy. And I would say for me, even though there's some things I'm not 100% crazy about, you have to weigh everything out and take the good with the not so good. And I mean, that's also something that you find all over the world. It's like you have crap that you have to deal with everywhere. It's just what's the crap that you're willing to deal with? What's what's it that you're willing to what are you willing to put onto your plate and and take on as a project? Uh, And that project could even be your life, for example.
0: And I think that can be applied to various aspects of life. What were some of the things that when you got there, you're like, damn, I didn't expect it to be this way. And some of the things that kind of took you back.
1: For me personally, I actually, I wouldn't say that there was too much that took me off guard just because I had been dealing with the Italian bureaucratic system for most of my life at that point. And I had been to Italy a number of times, but, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I guess maybe there's been times where I've been surprised at how similar things can be, um, even while they are so very different, um, that maybe things weren't as... As um, as tough as I thought that they would be in some aspects, and some other aspects, they ended up being more complicated. I mean, even everything from dealing with the cell phone company to just going out for a bite to eat. Uh, I mean, there's all these little things that just end up being um, like these little cultural differences. There are definitely some t- definitely sometimes that they catch me a little bit off guard. Um, For example, um, I mean, just a stupid little example, but I think this is uh, something that you end up seeing in various other areas of Italian life, like when you go to some places, you pay, like, for example, um, let me think, recently, I went to the supermarket. And if you're going to go buy a cake at a supermarket, you expect that the price that you see is the price that you're going to pay? No. I mean, that's just, I would assume that if I see $15.99, $10.99, $9.99, that that's the price I'm going to pay. However, here, at least at one of my local supermarkets, not all places are like this, but um, I know a lot of cake shops do this where it's $15.99 per kilo. So a cake that I thought, like I was going to some friends and it was uh, we, were, we were just having a little celebration because somebody got their citizenship recognized recently. Um, so I was going to buy a cake, like, fine, why not? Like, I saw it was like 11.90. And I was like, okay, that's a decent price for a cake that size. Why not? The woman said, okay, the price is $28.50. I'm like, excuse me? I thought the price was 11.90. dollars <laughs> um, So there's little things kind of that can come up and pop up and surprise you just because of a different way of processing the world around you and a different approach to things. Um, like i said that's maybe not the best example of it but there are these little small minor things that you find throughout your life and throughout the day here that just work a little bit differently
2: yeah i kind of get high off those because it's, it's like a game it turns into and then knocks you off the, the whole pattern recognition uh. you know, sometimes it gets annoying but it's kind of like oh it's fun but i like your mm-hmm. point about you wanted to be the person that says hey Here's a realistic view on this, because you do see a lot of things about Italy that's, you know, it's a movie. And I think for the most part, if you're like a tourist, it can be a movie. You oh, see definitely. All the, all the hot spots and all that.
1: Oh, and, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. It's just important to recognize that there's more than just those, that beauty, that dolce vita, the pizza pasta and amore. <laughs>
2: Totally. It's, it's life. They got their ups and downs like anyone else. I had a recording with my friend in, in Milano who used to work in the model agency.
1: Yeah, I was listening to some of that.
2: Yeah. And so like there there's obviously the dark side. To, to oh, no,
1: I was shocked yeah. to hear some of what she was talking about. That was really like, I mean, honestly, having worked in in, in the creative field and television production specifically, I there's a relation between these fields they're not the same but there's a relation between them and so I'm not so surprised to hear about some of these things.
2: Yeah, it's it's life it's human nature and but you take with the pros and the yeah. cons and obviously the cons have not outweighed the pros so you're still in Italy. But let's let's get back on this this YouTube channel cuz I love people sure. that that create and do these things um Tell me the challenges of you know, putting yourself out there and, and creating this content and, and why do you keep doing it? I mean, is the money that great or what, what really? No, is- no,
1: not at all. <laughs> no, actually, honestly, the uh, finances are not a motivation in this project that I do whatsoever. I honestly think that if money is a motivating factor, you've already failed. Um, like, I don't do it for fame. I don't do it for wealth. I don't do it for the views. I don't do it for anything. Honestly, the reason why I upload my videos is just to try and help that one person that might have been in the situation that I was in looking for that information that I was looking for and, and making a difference in that person's life. I can't even tell you how many hundreds, literally hundreds of messages that I've received from people telling me about how much of an impact that I've made on their life. And that's for me what makes it all worth it because I've sacrificed so much to be able to do my YouTube channel. Like I take time away from because I I have to work a normal job. Like I don't YouTube is not my 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 income. Um, it makes a little bit of a difference, but I, I it's nothing that I can live off of. And that's something that's a huge misconception that people have. Like they think oh YouTube lots of money, lots of big famous this that and the other. And I mean even. Um, there was actually just after the lockdown, I was out with some friends, um, some Brazilian friends. And, um, there was a group of us that were meeting up kind of like local meetup of Brazilians. And there was this one girl there and, um, she hadn't been paying attention to me at all the whole night. And I, I didn't think anything of it. I was like, whatever. I mean, cause I wasn't even interested in her to begin with. It's like, okay, she's an attractive girl. Fine. If we talk, we talk. If we don't talk, I'm not attached but (laughs) then one of my friends happened to mention in passing oh he's a youtuber he makes videos online and blah 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 and then all of a sudden she's like oh really and like we're standing in a circle she came all the way like she did a beeline directly across the circle came to stand like exactly right next to me oh so what's it like oh i have a youtube channel too and blah 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 i was like all right cool like i mean it ends up like her channel is like a lot smaller and I, I I don't judge against that like I really don't hold that against anybody but it's like don't treat me differently because of what I do or, or online like I, I, I'm not like I mean also that's one of the other things is like even sometimes just because I'm American like people make assumptions about me and I'm sure you've had this experience too like girls oh he's an American he's a wealthy American oh he's gonna treat us he's gonna buy us the champagne he's gonna do this he's gonna do that and it's like nah I'm just an immigrant over here man like okay I'm fine I'm a citizen but I'm, I, I made that immigrant lifestyle choice <laughs> but um uh, going back to the whole thing about building up the YouTube like I was saying like the financial side was really not something that I was motiv- motivating me even I hadn't considered it until a- quite a while after I started making videos when one of my subscribers a regular viewer who i had been in contact with who was really supportive of what i did and um he said well why don't you open up a patreon and and because i mean you've got to make something from this like you can't just keep on going like this and i had mentioned briefly just in passing in one video not really even thinking much about it that was like like that i was having a difficult time like making a life out in italy wasn't easy and he's like well why don't you just try it and I was thinking like, okay, if there's one person who's saying that maybe there's another person who would be willing to throw a couple bucks my way and ended up that, yeah, that there were a number of people who were willing to do that. And like I was saying, all these messages from people that have told me that I've made a big impact on their life and um, have actually seen that. I mean, actually, even some of my Brazilian friends that I was just talking about, uh, they ended up in the town where I am because of a video that i had made and so for me to see that direct impact on somebody's life just because of that of something that i made online i was like i was completely blown back by that like i had never that had never really entered into my mind because like i'm sitting in a room with a camera making these videos sometimes i see a comment pop up or sometimes i see some likes pop up but basically i'm kind of doing this here on my own so i don't always get that like direct interaction like i mean for example i like i use i've 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 done a little bit of acting and like uh, some improv when i was younger and that's something where you get like a direct immediate response if it works you know if it doesn't work you really know and on youtube and online you just you can see a little bit you can get an idea of something but you don't get that same kind of like knowledge of what happens until somebody actually takes the time of their day to let you know what you've done for them and there's been times like i've been brought to tears with like some of the stories that people have shared with me. Um, I mean, even one woman uh, that I can think of an elderly woman didn't know that getting Italian citizenship for herself was possible. Uh, and she had always dreamed of living in Italy. She had like this really strong familial connection and, um, she basically had nobody left in her life and her dream was to connect with Italy and she didn't think it would be possible. Then she found out Italian citizenship could happen and all of these things. And, um, then that just it completely changed her life
2: uh she- here's a great point though it's it's usually especially when you start off with this creating stuff it's not monetary but there's a shit ton of value you know in way different ways for example like Death, i said definitely at the beginning of this video i've been watching your stuff for about a year you know what i mean wow we're talking face to face hopefully develop a relationship you know I'm- yeah. and that's what i'm saying like there's when you put value out there it usually comes back to you in certain ways you know what i mean
1: Yeah, no, definitely. That's what I was saying kind of before, like, if you go into it with the idea, oh, I'm going to be rich, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that I'm going to get the money. You've already lost it. Because you don't see that. I mean, I'm three years into, like taking YouTube seriously. And I'm definitely not at that point where it's making enough of an impact on my life financially, that I can really start relaxing. Um, I like I said, I still have to work, like regular job, like everybody else. Um, So I have my job plus my YouTube on top and I end up spending so much time on that. But it's the other little things that end up making it worth it in the end. And I've met like a number of my subscribers and have had great times with them. Some of them have become friends, like really good friends. And that's been another way of like um, that little something to gain from from what I'm doing. Uh, But like I said, really for me, the main goal was to make the video that that one person would see, that one time that would make the difference uh, between them going crazy and having a, success, a successful um, transition as an expat or even to getting their Italian citizenship.
2: What's your top advice for people that are like, hey, you know, I can draw or I wanna do a podcast or I have this skill and I think YouTube would be cool. What is your top advice for someone that wants to start you know, creating?
1: do it. That's it. Uh, But the thing is, that's the short, like quick, simple answer. It's a lot of work. And I would say definitely do your research and look into how you can get yourself out there because posting the video itself isn't good enough. It's definitely a way of getting out there. But you also have to figure out how you're going to draw people in and how to reach the people that have the interest in what you're talking about. Cause I mean, for me, like what I talk about, it's a niche within a niche within a niche. <laughs> it's for people who are interested in expat life, for people who are interested in expat life and potentially interested in Italy or mostly interested in Italy. And then also the content that I make for people who are interested in Italian dual citizenship, where it's, The amount of people who are eligible for Italian citizenship, okay, this is a larger group, this is an umbrella group, but then the amount of people who are serious about it, then the amount of people who are serious about it, and then go on to actually start taking the steps to do it is even smaller. And then the people who are serious about it, go on to take the steps to do it and finish the process. This is, like I said, a niche within a niche within a niche within a niche and so you have to really make sure that it's worthwhile for you and emotionally and to take those steps to see to really get a feeling um for if it's something that you really feel like you can grind on that you feel like you can drive yourself crazy with because you will and that's one of the few ways of making things happen i mean even with yesterday for example i uploaded a video about what's currently happening here with the new decree that was just put out over the weekend uh, as well as about um, a protest some of the protests that have been going on here in italy uh, and and uh, there was one that happened to take place in my city and i drove myself crazy making that video happen for me it was worth it because like I'm getting this piece of information out. And there were people who commented on the video that were like really glad to know to get that on the street kind of perspective uh, rather than just a regular news source. And that's something that I think also people have to consider is that people are looking for those alternative forms of entertainment. And what is it that you can do that not only works for you to make on a regular basis, because consistency is definitely key, um, but also, what sets you apart from the other person doing the same thing that you're doing? Or are you in a field that nobody's really doing what you're doing? I mean, for me, with the content that I make, there are some people that do that do talk about these things, but I definitely try to set myself apart and do things in my way that works for me that is based on my personality and how I do things and the way that I do things wouldn't necessarily work for somebody else. And the that's why I even say like, if people have asked me about like building up a channel or trying to build something for themselves online, what works for me won't necessarily work for you. So that's why I don't give so much advice on that. Um, but these basic things that I've talked about so far are consistent, I think with everybody that you just have to really keep pushing no matter what. There definitely has to be a point where it's like, all right, is this a hobby or is this something that is going to be more than a hobby? And is it something that's viable? Is this something that I'm actually getting something out of? Because if you're not getting that something out of it, then maybe it could be time to put that project on the shelf. And it's it's important to be realistic about it.
2: I think a huge point to, hold on, Jake. I think a huge point is to um, think about, Everything that you are getting from it, um, in terms of like skill building, um, relationship. Definitely, that's huge. So, yeah. So, like for example, you you work in um, media, right? And I bet you learned a, a crap ton about editing and, and shooting and lightning, and and you got your mm-hmm. little your your mic that's really good. So I think <laughs> a big point is like um, writing down like, okay, and I'm not making money here, but what am I gaining from this? Isn't it worth, is yeah. it worth? Hours? Do I love doing? That's it? a
1: huge point though that you've that you've raised is the skill building. Um, like when I was talking about the the job that I that I quit uh, in the the studio before, that was something that was such a huge influence on actually what I do now. Um, with some of the skills that I picked up there and learning little bits and pieces and little tricks here and there, um, not only in editing but also organizing um, file systems, like. It just, there are those little things that you learn along the way that end up making a difference. And when you're starting to get into content creation and making things, you end up seeing what works for you and how it works for you. Oh, maybe I do it differently this time. Continually test things out. Even if it's little things, like even on my YouTube channel, I'm always testing something out. I'm always, it doesn't usually look like it. But I'm always trying something new, trying something a little different, trying something. And most of the time people don't know. And it just is this kind of gradual progression. Like I can watch some of my videos um, that I recorded, like some of my very first videos, because I started working on this project five years ago, but I didn't start publishing it until three years ago. And I looked at some of the videos from five years ago. And like even my personal, like my presentation skills, I can see have changed in that period of time i mean also i've grown as a person that's just part of life in five years you do change a little bit Uh, the person who you are remains always the same but you you continually add to that and so it's it's something to very much keep in mind like you were saying about what are those skills that you were learning and what are the new skills that you can learn and to better what you're doing and maybe apply that to other aspects of your life and what other aspects of your life can you apply to what you're doing in your content creation?
0: I think that's an excellent point, especially if you go on our Instagram page, uh, I make Mm -hmm. like a lot of the graphics on there. And if you look at the early No,
1: you've got like a really amazing feed.
0: I just have to say. Thank you. I appreciate it. But it's cool to see like the progression of like where we were a year ago to where we are now and what we're doing differently. But you said uh, you brought up like how much actually like hard work it is. And I think that's a misconception for a lot of people. They see, Mm -hmm. they watch a lot of YouTube, the Jake Pauls the they think it's yeah. just easy and so they start and then they quit after you know a few months or a year how did you oh i would
1: say even people quit before that like once they see that oh they're not going viral they're not getting that mad bank like jake paul david dobrik like these people that they don't see that immediate result that they just they get so because
2: reality's a bitch reality will slap <laughs> you they're you got all, that right they're all special and then all of a sudden like oh Maybe I'm not. And that hurts. That's an ego kill. And you got to get over that. Know what I mean?
1: But I mean, the thing is like you, one thing that there's a lot of misconceptions around content creation and um like online content creation and media and even in television content creation um that people think these things just happen these things just appear but there's a lot of work that goes on in the background there's a lot of um i mean even like for us setting this up like you and i had quite a few messages back and forth i mean it ended up being pretty easy but granted there's that back and forth behind the scenes when does it work for you how does it work for you um how are we recording like what are we doing exactly um but then like for the, the like you, you were using the example, Jake, of Jake Paul, David Dobrik. These guys are constantly grinding. It's not just what you see on camera. Like what you see on camera is only a very small portion of a person's life. And even in my case, what people see on camera and the amount of my life that I share is only a very small portion of it. And so there are people that will comment on various aspects of my life, like the the very little pieces that I have chosen to um, share that they start having these huge opinions, oh, you need to do this with your life, you need to do that. And it's like, this is only part of my week. This is like, I made, for example, there's this one video that I made about trying all different kinds of Italian um, snack foods and, um, and like these, like to go kind of fast foods and someone commented like oh you need to watch what you're eating it's so unhealthy and blah, blah blah like i tried like maybe okay granted i tried like 7 8 different kinds of things 10 different kinds of things i don't remember what it was and yeah of course if you eat that all at once like you're going to get sick you're going to get fat you're going to get unhealthy but i only had like a little bite of each thing and the amount of food like it was a pile of food I ate that over the course of maybe two or three days in the end like I tried to bite a bite a bite for the video for the sake of the video but that was multiple <laughs> meals for me and so there are those things also again like getting back to what I was saying about planning you have to plan your videos out or your content out because not everybody makes videos um, but you sometimes have to plan out what you're doing to make sure that you're not sinking too much money into it or that what you're sinking into it is realistic and so that in that case of buying food I was like well I need to eat anyway I do happen to be human so I'll make this work it's more than I would normally spend but for the sake of making this video it's worthwhile enough in this case and that's something also I think that's important to keep in mind is is it worthwhile enough when you're making that content
2: Before I started doing podcasting almost 2 years now um, wow. I would look I would look at the Jake Pauls and the Logan Pauls and be like these dudes are just idiots and and that's how the public looks at them but you have no idea what they do behind the scenes and and oh, not even that all that they were vlogging every day at one point But the amount of shit they got to take from people. They have to zone out everything. The more crazy they can do it, the more reactions. They're quick cut cameras. These dudes are very persuasive. They know exactly what they're doing. But the game behind the screen is insane. And people, unless you
1: don't
2: understand it.
1: But the thing is also, I would argue there is an aspect of luck that comes along with getting large with that kind of content. Because that's personality based. And you have to be at the right place at the right time for the lightning to strike. And they got lucky that they got their start on Vine at the right time and built up that audience there at the right time. And then right when Vine closed down, they hopped over to YouTube just at the right time. They had a lot going for them that was luck. Definitely. However, there is also that grind in the background that they clearly learned from what they had been doing. I'm sure there was some of it at the beginning that it was kind of like, hey, just goofing off, having fun with your friends um, and just doing it for a laugh. But then you start noticing, okay, this works, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, this works, this doesn't work. And there is a genius behind that. I will definitely argue that maybe these guys aren't the most intelligent in the world and maybe don't always make the best decisions. But we always see that because we only see part of their life. We don't see the full scope of what's going on. But of course you, you raised that wonderful point that there's a lot of genius and a lot going on um, that's required to really get that rolling. And then once you've started at their level of content creation, um, there's a lot more of a grind in the background to make sure that things keep going and, are able to, to be sustainable on a longer term. So they're not just invested financially and time-wise into their YouTube channels or into their social media, but they've got various other things and businesses going on in their life, which end up being for most people on YouTube. It's not the YouTube that you make your, your finances with or the content on another platform or even like, um, for podcasting, like it's through other various means that you end up making that um, the, your reality. And it's just kind of these social media outlets are your public outreach to be able to better push what you're doing, for lack of a better word. i will tell you
2: what, the biggest part though about those dudes and anyone that like kind of blows up on social media or the YouTubes is the ability to take the heat. If you see a viral oh, yeah. video on Facebook, every freaking comment's negative. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're 70 million views, they're getting paid a shit ton of money if it's over three minutes. But these people are so good at just zoning out. And I think it's very hard for humans. I don't think we've evolved to be able to take a million different opinions thrown at us. Oh, oh definitely. I hate this about you. This is stupid. You're this, you're that. And to be able to totally zone that out with this content is insane. And you got to give more no, a I- for that.
1: No, honestly, like my channel is so much smaller. I'm uh, like the subscriber count is like, I think we're just under 17 and a half thousand now. Probably it's
2: getting pretty to big Italy, though. I'll give you that credit. That's I don't see. No, oh, t- thank
1: you. I appreciate I that.
2: T- I YouTubers. Uh,
1: no, I mean like I- I'll-, I'll take that. I'll definitely take that. <laughs> um, but in comparison with their channels and the amount of interaction that they get, it's much smaller, but I already see what some larger YouTubers I've heard talking about over the years, like there's a certain point where you have to stop looking at the uh, comments and have to stop responding Um, because there have been times like, especially on more difficult subjects, like we, like what we've had this year, Corona, that's been such an overly heavily politicized um, subject that sometimes on those videos, I have to take a step back because it just ends up getting like, It becomes like a flame war, unfortunately. And I really hate to see that because that's definitely not what I'm trying to build. Um, It's just, I mean, there's a lot of things that are like somebody politicized a sandwich that I bought or a gelato that I bought one time. Like, how the hell do you even do that? Like, come on. (laughs) But so there are some times where it's just like, you have to take that little step back. And I'm seeing that surprisingly which I hate to see because I love interacting with people. Um, but like I've even in my videos I've I've mentioned this that it's gotten to the point with receiving messages and it got actually like this very early on. I was very surprised that I do get like hundreds of messages per month, like private messages and emails, and I just can't keep up with that. If I did, it would turn into a full time job, and I just unfortunately can't do that because I have to work, I have to make a living, and I would love to be able to respond to everybody. Just it becomes a little bit unrealistic, sadly, because it just would take over everything else that you're doing.
2: Speaking of that, I know you're a busy man, so we can you know, slowly start wrapping this thing up. I appreciate your time so far. A lot of good stuff. What does the future hold for the, the man with the million dollar voice? Bro,
1: <laughs> honestly, I don't even know. Just taking it one day at a time. I'm at that point in my life where it's like, I've had so many times in my life where I've planned things out and I've really like made like set solid a b c d e f g like this is what's gonna happen i got to the point a while back where it's just like all right today's a good day let's see what happens today i don't know about tomorrow you sound very italian we'll just make it good
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> i mean it kind of rubs off on you a little bit and also i mean i happen to have this in my ancestry my family and so like a little bit of this kind of came, came along with the territory <laughs>
2: <laughs> what I, I saw some i've never been to rivolio or how do you say it
1: rovigo, rovigo yeah
2: but i saw the photos on your instagram it looks like a really nice cute cozy city yeah it's it, like i have to say it's
1: it's definitely not like one of the top locations to visit in italy i wouldn't even recommend it for a lot of people to visit um the center is really cute once you get outside of the center it's not the the most adorable place it's it's not it, it, it's 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 fun. It's nice. It's it's a quiet, small city. Uh, about 40,000 people live here. Um, and one of the reasons why I like it is because I'm somebody who likes that more small town life, but with a little bit of going on. Uh, and so you have restaurants, cafes, theaters here. Well, when things are normal, everything has been... Now there's so many restrictions. And trying to figure out up from down is getting more and more complicated day by day, but... Yeah, actually, walking around this town, it, it, there's some really cute little scenes here. It's 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 a it's a real blessing to be able to call this place home. I have to say.
2: Let me rapid fire a qu- some quick uh, Italian questions. Okay. Um, first, your top three favorite cities.
1: Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, Rome, Merano, and uh, oh, let's throw in Rovigo just because I call it home. <laughs>
2: A hidden gem that you recommend any tourist to go see in Italy?
1: Merano, definitely, uh, without a doubt. I think it's a place that is very underrated and not well known about uh, in the English-speaking world. In the the German-speaking world, it's very well known about, but there's not enough uh, known about it in the English-speaking world. Alto Adige in general, because it's just such a... It's, it's really something that a lot of people miss when they come to Italy. They do the, the normal Venice, Florence, Rome, Naples trip and then miss so many different parts of the country that are just completely different. I'm not saying that when you go to this place, you're getting the Italian experience because it's very much an Austrian experience there, but v- beautiful, gorgeous place to see.
2: Top two or three meals you've ever had in Italy. Ooh.
1: I don't know. Every meal is a top meal, man. (laughs) No, actually, so um, here there's this one guy who's a pizza maker who I've become friendly with. I'm embarrassed to say I've started to get him to make like some almost American style pizzas for me, like with a stuffed crust in it. And so that's probably his Italian take on this American like thing that I love. That's one thing that I've definitely loved. Um, Or I'm trying to think. Oh, there was this one time I had this wonderful steak meal up in uh, Alto Adige. That was just out of this world in Merano, the city that I used to live in.
2: Is that the best food city for you or what?
1: No, definitely not. Um, Because it's mostly like German style food and it can be really good, but it can also be really heavy. Um, Best food city. That's tough to say because everywhere you go in the country changes so much and everybody has their own regional dish that if you start saying this is the best place, that's the best place. You're, you're comparing apples and oranges to an extent.
2: I agree. I agree. Um, Two things you would change about Italy. Um, You know,
1: honestly, if I wanted to change it, I wouldn't have come here. If uh, that's something that I take in, in my life that if even like, for example, in a relationship, if, if I meet that person and there's something that I would, want to change something about them, then I've come to the realization that that's not fair to them. It's not fair to me like that. You just, you have to take it. You have to take that person for who they are as they are in this moment, not for who they're going to be. And so for me, that's how I've taken Italy. I've taken it for what it is as it is. Maybe there would be some things with bureaucracy that I would love to see changed, but eh. (laughs) what what am I going to do about it?
0: Yeah, that's, a very love- hmm? sorry? So that's a very mature answer sorry that's a very mature answer that's
1: all I, I try i try i'm still a kid at heart
2: <laughs> we love the book how i found freedom in an unfree world that's basically that philosophy um i was gonna, I'm gonna have to check that out i was gonna say and i forgot
1: Getting old man getting old. You
2: know, thank you <laughs> thank you for coming on here. Um, I appreciate it a lot. I had a fantastic time um, talking with you. Now we have a little thank community you, too. here and let's say you know someone was thinking about doing some expat stuff or you know had some some good uh, YouTube going on or creating. Could they come to you and, and uh, when you have time uh, maybe talk with them?
1: I can try. I can definitely try. I can't commit to that sort of thing. Like I was saying, like I get so many messages per month that unfortunately I'm getting to that point where I can't respond to everybody. But uh, if I'm able to pass on anything, I'm always happy to, if I can.
2: Fantastic. Can you shout out your your YouTube channel in in socials?
1: Sure. So my YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Rafael Difuria. R-A-F-A-E-L-D-I-F-U-R-I-A. And all of my social media is at Raphael Difondia or slash Raphael So Instagram at Raphael Difondia, Facebook slash Raphael um, Basically, if you type in my name, you can find me online.
2: I remembered my question. The one lesson, uh, the one lesson from from moving abroad, doing the expat thing, to creating your YouTube channel, to living in Italy. Like a lesson you live by, or that you really take it in from all the experience
1: wow that's a that's a tough one maybe get comfortable with being uncomfortable and put yourself out there maybe try and push yourself to get into things that you might not normally get into of course within reason and just to kind of take those risks to put yourself out there a little bit more than you might normally.
2: live bold baby i love
0: it Hell yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Raphael. No, but really,
1: guys, thank you so much for having me. It's been a really great time. I hope we get to do this again. Yeah,
0: thank you. It was fun.